welcome to the Fantasy Bros NFL Podcast. I'm your host, Jason. Joining me, as always, is my brother, Ambro, baby Jake. Baby Jake, what do you got for the people? How we doing, y'all? It's another episode. Love and life, you know. We're knocking this one out here on this beautiful day outside. That's right. We're recording this here on Saturday afternoon. We're going to do like we did last week. We're going to take a look at our models we made on Fantasy Labs, go through each position, talk about players we like, trends we're seeing, and then we'll finish the episode off by building a cash lineup that we'll throw in the massive $25 double up tomorrow, and then we'll review it tomorrow night. Jake, what are your uh, initial thoughts on the slate? Uh, some high total matchups out there. Mm-hmm. We've all seen the Kansas City-Tennessee one. Definitely the high flyer out of the bunch. Uh, which is really the only one that has a close spread. Mm-hmm. And the other ones I noticed that have the high totals, spreads are bonkers. Like, we're talking two touchdowns or more, I believe. Yeah, they look like blowouts. We got them pulled up here. Yep. Things, things will get interesting. Um, a lot of buys this week, so mm-hmm. we're having to deal with that. That was one thing that we really haven't been accustomed to yet this year. So this is our first big buy week. A lot of buys, a lot of injuries. I'm sure people are suffering and season long from that, but I think it makes for a pretty interesting DFS slate. So on that note, let's jump in it here. Here's our Fantasy Labs I got pulled up. This is just a custom model that I've made, and it takes the Fantasy Labs projections, and then it's going to spit out ratings over here. So we can kind of scroll through and take a look. Right here, we're at quarterback. The usual suspects here at the top, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, uh, both of them coming in at 9%, well, 9%, 12% projected ownership, and then Matthew Stafford here at 9%. <laughs> kind of like all these guys. Um, depends on what you're playing, though. If you're doing, you know, small field or cash, I really like these top two. Stafford would be good to stack in tournaments. And then you keep coming down here. Derek Carr, I'm not a huge fan of him. I just don't think he has the upside. You can look at the ceiling here. 32 is not, it's not a bad ceiling, but look at these guys right above him here, 37, 38, 39. You go down below him, Kyler Murray obviously has that rushing floor. And then you even have down here, Matt Ryan coming in $300 cheaper, lower ownership, and his ceiling and projections are right in line there with Derek Carr. So I personally would probably get down to Matt Ryan, especially if I was doing a mid or large field tournament. And then we got our boy Jalen Hurts, automatic cash lock. Um, like Jake mentioned, Tannehill here with Tennessee in that Kansas City game. He's only coming in at 5% projected ownership. I have a feeling that might go up a little bit, especially once we get more information on A.J. Brown. He's been dealing with some sort of food poisoning. Chipotle yes. is killing the man. Some sort of illness, so we'll see um, if he comes back. And then you got Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers kind of rounding off this upper echelon. And then we get into the bargain bin, Sam Darnold, Mac Jones, Tua Tagalog. Taga Viola coming off injury and then below that you can see it drops in ratings and these are guys that I would not really even consider personally. Jake what are your thoughts here? Uh, yeah kind of on board with what you were saying. Ownership projections I think will fluctuate a little bit like he was getting out with the Tannehill. Right now he looks like a really good play mm-hmm. and the other thing I like is exactly what I was saying before that total of that game is the highest on the slate. We're Talking, I think, 57 and a half, yep. which is major compared to really any other games. I mean, the rest of them, your next closest, it looks like, is 51 is your next closest total. So that's a, that's a big difference there. And with the Titans, 
I anticipate them playing from behind. That game, I feel like the Chiefs are going to go up significantly on that one. So then yep. Tannehill is just more likely to air the ball out. And it is going to be important, though. You need to pay attention to, you know, if A.J. Brown's going to suit up or not. If he doesn't, I think Julio's an automatic play. You will have to play that, man. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that's a good call, depending on what kind of contest you're playing and when that news breaks. If it breaks close to lock tomorrow and not enough people hear about it in time to make the adjustments, then I think that's someone you'll definitely want to be on. If the news breaks tonight or maybe even while we're recording this and a lot of people get on that, then that may be someone you want to fade. You might be over leveraged. Mm-hmm. And this is another section right here. I like to look at the leverage. So, you know, you can sort over here by rating and then this leverage is going to factor in their points, projected points, projected ownership and kind of spit out a leverage rating here. So, we get down here into these cheaper quarterbacks, Derek Carr, Jalen Hurts, that are a little higher owned, and you can see that their leverage is dropping. So you're better off playing the the expensive quarterbacks, but that have the high ceiling that other people might avoid because of that price tag. Or going way down here, you know, you could look at, I guess Aaron Rodgers is expensive, but like Jake was saying, Tannehill, that's a decent leverage rating there. He's under 7K. He's got that ceiling. So I totally agree. Yep. Any other thoughts on quarterback? The other guy you actually mentioned there, he has been, I don't know, I've been coming more and more of a fan because I don't feel like anyone's going to play him, and that's Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Right there, you can see his projected ownership below 1%. Below 1%, yeah. And we know the guy you can sack him with, Devontae Adams. So okay. right there, you're going to have a huge output of points from those two. And I believe MVS is coming back this week. Oh, I didn't even know that. Okay. I think so. MVS had kind of asserted himself as the wide receiver two on the team before he went out with an injury. And since then, Devontae Adams has been soaking up all the targets. Mm-hmm. We've kind of been waiting to see if maybe Randall Cobb would step up or Lazard or even Robert Tunyon. And none of them really have – their roles hadn't changed since MVS went out. So with him coming back too, depending on ownership, he might be another sneaky play to double stack. And you're going to have to double stack to win these tournaments when you have a quarterback at 7,500 – and Rodgers isn't mobile in the same sense as Lamar Jackson or Jalen Hurts, so you really need to rely on his passing to get you there. Mm-hmm. Well, if he's going to pass for the amount of points that you need, you got to pick the pass catchers that he's thrown to. And Devontae Adams is an automatic play. And then you got to decide if you're going to go with MVS or if you're going to go down to the bargain bin, maybe go with Randall Cobb, or even play Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones can catch out of the backfield. And they're playing Washington this week. Um, their defense has given up points to about everybody they played against, so... Yeah, in the 30 to 40 point realm, it sounds like, for the mm-hmm. most part. I like that call a lot. Yeah, coming in at an under 1% projected ownership. I don't think he's going to be on a lot of people's radars just because of this price tag here. But we all know what Aaron Rodgers is capable of. And so he did get a rushing touchdown last week. I think people are figuring out that. That was when he was uh, taunting the Bears fans saying, yep. I own you. I still own you. I still own you. <laughs> Ten years later. But yeah, that's really all my thoughts. I mean, everything else... Kind of agreeing with you on the big name guys to consider Lamar Jackson. He's got a high, high ceiling. Probably the best dual threat in the league right now. Yeah, let's sort by ceiling over here. We've been doing so. You got Mahomes, Jackson, Murray. I mean, salary and projected points obviously are meant to kind of mirror each other. You'll mm-hmm. throughout the week things change, but I just really like the Lamar there. I mean, he's a thousand dollars less. Yep. Than our top guy, and then Murray, even he's 1,100 less than him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Lamar Jackson's capable of having one of those just nuclear games mm-hmm. where he could throw for two or three, run for two or three, 
have 400 combined yards by himself. He has that in his repertoire. So, yep, love him. Everybody does. 12.5%. And then you got Jalen Hurts, 11.8. I don't know if I would necessarily play Jalen Hurts in a mid or large field tournament. I think he's awesome in cash games. And if you're playing a tournament that's, you know, under 100 people, sure, run him out there. You could even play him naked or you could stack him with Goddard since Ertz is gone. Mm-hmm. Devontae Smith is the alpha. So you could run him with one of the pass catchers. But I, I don't know if I would run him in a larger tournament. Good cash play, though. All right, let's keep it moving here. Let's go over, sort it back by rating again. We'll jump over to running back. Jake, what are your initial thoughts here? I agree with your top three guys. I like them a lot. Aaron Jones, I'm thinking he'll be a good leverage play. I don't feel like a lot of people will be on him because yep. they're going to be going for that Aaron Rodgers. Well, I guess not Aaron Rodgers. They're just going to be going for Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. So then they're not going to want to play anybody else and just run him as a one-off. Derrick Henry, love the guy. He can put up 40 points any week. He just costs so much money now that you're going to have to do a bring back that is dirt cheap from the Chiefs, more than likely, or you'll just have to do a one-off with him. And with this leverage rating over here, that's not a bad play. And his leverage, yeah, as we can see there, really, really high. He's almost the top guy. Let me sort by this with This was something I noticed. Look at this here at the top. You have Derrick Henry, 9,200. All the way down to Aaron Jones at 7500 And then your third highest price running back is down to 6600 With all the buys and injuries, I mean, this is something you'll guess. never see again. Yeah, you, you normally have the CMC, the Dalvin Cook, Austin Eckler. You have those guys in that 7 to 8 k range. Zeke, players like that. I'm probably forgetting some. But this week with all these bye weeks and injuries, Nick Chubb even you know, being injured and playing the Thursday night game, so this is really interesting how you're going down almost $3,000 from the RB1 to the RB3 on the week. So I think, like Jake was saying, Derrick Henry can break a slate. He could score 40 or 50 points any week. And because of that price, a lot of people are probably going to be shopping in this 6000 range. You could you know, create yeah, a ton of leverage. A huge leverage. And play a slate-breaking player. So I, I really like Henry this week if you can afford him, depending on your construction. So let's keep going down here. You got any other thoughts here at the top? I'm not thinking Cordero Patterson is going to be a good play. Mm-hmm. I just think the guy's going to come back down to reality how he's been in years past. I'm sure he's still going to get touches. I just don't anticipate the touchdown volume he's been accumulating on a week-to-week basis. And I'm looking at this projected ownership. He's coming in at almost 10% owned. I mean, this is a gadget guy. I love playing him when he was under 5K. Mm-hmm. When Mike Davis was approaching 6K and Cordell Patterson was 4 8 4 9, oh, yeah. I love playing Patterson because you're not only getting leverage on the team, but you're playing a cheap bargain bin running back that has that explosive upside. But now at 6,300, you need him to score 15 points just to return value in a cash game. If you're doing a tournament, you need him to get you, I mean, 25, 26 points, mm-hmm. which he's capable of doing, but... I think I would let 10%. I don't think he's going to be in you know 9.3% of winning lineups. So I'm going to let the field take him. And I kind of feel the same way about Miles Sanders, even though he's priced quite a bit down. People are really high on him because he's been on the field nonstop. Mm-hmm. Right? Kenny Gainwell was kind of the pass catching back the first few weeks, but Miles Sanders has reestablished himself as the every down back. But with Jalen Hurts' rushing capability and the Eagles tending to play from behind... Miles Sanders just isn't getting the touches. Mm-mm. So they're looking at the snap count. They're looking at routes run. But yeah, I think last week was the most rushing attempts he's had on the year. And mm-hmm. he 
I can't remember exactly what the number was, but it was around 10. Yeah, and he's a home run threat. Don't get us wrong. If he gets through that first line, he can outrun everybody. So he might end up with a stat line where he has over 100 rushing yards and a touchdown or two, but it might come on eight carries. Mm -hmm. And if he doesn't bust up that long play, he might not even return value on the 5,100. And I'm looking over here at his 15% ownership. That's just something that I'm not really all that interested in. I've heard too many people talking about him this week as being a, a sneaky play because of his price. Well, I don't think he's sneaky anymore. Everybody's playing him. You come down here, Chuba Hubbard, kind of the same thing. I actually liked him because of his usage. I don't think 6,100 is a bad price for him, but at 20% ownership, I, I would play him in cash games. He'll probably be in my cash lineup, but I don't know if I'm necessarily going to play him in tournaments. And we keep coming down, Josh Jacobs. I don't know. It, it's hard to say. That's a guy that with the new coaching changes in Oakland or Las Vegas, sorry, I think that people are expecting him to become more of a bell cow back that they drafted him in the first round. He has the talent, but they've just been mixing in Peyton Barber, Kenyon Drake this year. Well, now that Gruden's out of town, I think a lot of people are anticipating Josh Jacobs taking over that backfield. But you look over here at his projected ownership, he's, his projected ownership is 13%. So you're not really gaining leverage by playing him. It's another guy that I think too many analysts have been talking about him throughout the week. Mm -hmm. And now a lot of amateur players are on him. Yeah, I was high on him because the Philly... Rush defense is one of the worst in the league right They're now. one of the three worst to, yeah, opposing running backs. Yeah. yeah. So I was high on him, but yeah, exactly. Like, I think Jacobs has just been talked about more and more throughout the week, and people are getting on him now. Yep. Good price, though, and he can definitely return the value. So he'd be a cash game play. I don't necessarily know if I'd play him in a tournament. And then DeAndre Swift, I was hyping up early this week, and same story. I mean, this whole group of players here, Sanders, Hubbard, Jacobs, Swift, they're kind of all in the same boat. Swift went down in price, I believe, $300. He's down to 6000 which is a great price mm -hmm. for a workhorse back who catches passes and gets the goal line carries, but he's coming in at 18.6% ownership. So you're not getting a ton of leverage. So basically, three out of these four running backs might be in my cash lineup, but I just don't love them for tournament plays. So it depends on what kind of contest you're looking to get into. From what it's looking at, too... I'm kind of gathering if, if you're going to play a running back in the 6,000 range, there's going to be heavy ownership. Mm -hmm. So a play that you could make that maybe is going to put you in a better spot is you play a higher-end guy, yep. a high salary above, and then a salary that's below six. Mm -hmm. So looking, creeping into that 5,000 Oh, and I love that. Window. And we have some good plays there, I feel like. Absolutely. Mike Davis at 5,200. We also, here, let's sort by salary. There were a few guys. Let, let's sort over here. Whoops. One too many clicks. Let's get back. Here we go. Yeah, I 100% agree with Jake. You look down here. I mean, you could even go Miles Sanders at 5,100 in your cash lineup, but that's not someone I love. Devontae Booker, 5,500. Chase Edmonds, 5,600. This range here, too. You get Antonio Gibson. He's dealing with the shin splints, and so everybody's low on him. He went down in price $600. But guess what? He had shin splints two weeks ago, and he had a hell of a game. Mm -hmm. So this is actually a time where I might play him. He's coming in at 1% projected ownership, 95% leverage rating. That's someone that can get you 25, 30 points, and he's coming in sub-6K. Daryl Williams, 5,800. Uh, you could play James Conner or Chase Edmonds. They're both coming in at 5,600. They're playing Houston. So either one of them or even both of them could get there. Mm -hmm. I would never play both of them in the same lineup but I don't think you could go wrong with either one of them. Devontae Booker, they're playing Carolina. I think Carolina has a good defensive rating against running backs, 
But they played such a soft schedule early on in the season. It's hard to say if they're really that good. And Devontae Booker is on the field 100% of the time with Saquon out. Mm-hmm. So I think Devontae Booker at 5,500 is a good play. And you keep coming down. We're back down to Mike Davis, Miles Sanders. This is one, too. Let's say you don't like Antonio Gibson. You can play J.D. McKissick for 5K. And they're, the spread right now is seven points. So I could turn into them playing from behind, and then McKissick gets even more touches because he's the pass down back. Yep. Great point. And then down here just a little bit further, Michael Carter, he's established himself as the running back for the Jets. I mean, it's still the Jets. It's not a high-powered offense. But if he's going to get 10 to 12 carries and four to six targets, you're getting him at $4,800 at 4% ownership. I think that's a good guy. You could pair him with Derrick Henry. Henry can get you 40 points. Michael Carter can get you 15. And it's, I'm curious to see how Belichick preps. Because usually the Patriots' defense first wants to stop the run. But with the Jets, they haven't had a running game all year. They've definitely had more success through the air. I mean, if you can say they've even had success. Because <laughs> Wilson has not been hot. He is not doing He's a well. rookie. He's a rookie. He's a rookie quarterback. So yep. this could be a week where, yeah, Michael Carter has himself a game where the Patriots are trying to shut the pass down, and then the Jets end up having to rely on him, where the game script just turns into you know them running or mm-hmm. doing screens to him out of the backfield. Yep. No, I agree. I, and at that price, at $4,800, I mean, let's say he doesn't find the end zone. If he just gets four or five catches and gets you like 60 to 80 total yards, I mean, he's basically returning value at that point. He'll get mm-hmm. you 10 to 12 fantasy points. That's good enough to keep you in the money in a cash lineup. And then we scroll down. Uh, I mean, Mark Ingram is the RB1 in Houston for whatever that's worth. He's coming in at $4,400. So it's kind of this exact same thing as Michael Carter. Mark Ingram's going to get double-digit touches. If he finds himself into the end zone, he returns value. If he doesn't, maybe he gets there on yards, volume. Never never get inside the 10-yard line. Right. So that's what's tough. But, yeah, he's averaged over 15 carries the last three or four games. Yeah, I mean, so that is just strictly his price point and his leverage. This isn't a player that I like, but for $4,400, you're getting a team's RB1. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where you play him, you can spend up and get Derrick Henry, and then you still have enough cash to get some decent receivers. Mm-hmm. So for sure, that's my thoughts there. Anybody else you want to talk about, or you want me to sort by anything here and see what we're looking at? Let's check out projected ownership. So it's like Jake mentioned, where it's all in that 6K range here at the top. And I think it's because, like we were talking about earlier, after Derrick Henry, there's basically a $3,000 drop to the next batch of running backs. So you're going to see it, it kind of condense in that 6000 range. I guess another guy I'm seeing now that is ownership's low, Joe Mixon. Guy does it all, can run and catch, and he's only at 7% ownership. Playing Baltimore... I'm, I don't know. It's hard to say what Baltimore is. They shut the Chargers down last week, but they've struggled in other weeks. Oh, here we go. They've kept. I was I having trouble finding the them. points down fairly low, though. I'm like, when they played the Lions, like, mm-hmm. they were under 20. They won 19 to 17, I want to say. So they haven't, you know, a ton of points on defense, but there has been offenses that have, have been able to move the ball. The Colts, I want to say Carson Wentz put up over 400 yards passing on them. So they can be, I mean, the Ravens defense can be beaten exposed. And Joe Mixon is one heck of a playmaker. He's a guy that I could see, you know, leverage play there, a good guy in tournaments that you'd want to go with with that ownership and his skill level. That's a great call. I love it. 
A lot of people are gonna be going down to that same price range. So this is a way that you could kind of keep up with the field with other positions, but get unique here by spending the same amount. And like Jake mentioned, look over here at the opponent plus minus 1.6. That's not bad at all. That's fine. You know, the Ravens are not a bad opponent. And then you look at Joe Mixon's plus minus here. It's a positive number. Ownership coming in under 10%. And we all know what Joe Mixon's capable of. He's a pass catching back. He's a workhorse. He might get 20 carries if they do get up and just need to grind the clock out. If they're playing from behind, he might get 10 catches. Mm-hmm. Yep. Love it. That's a great call. I hadn't even thought of that. Let's keep it moving here. Let's go over to receivers. See what we got here at the top. And again, th- this is based on my model here. So these, this is not projections that we're looking at. Um, it's factoring in a lot of different things. Ownership, obviously, projected ceiling floor, plus minus, and then change in salary week over week. So I, if you're watching the video, you see Rondale Moore here is my second highest rated receiver. That doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to jam him into every lineup, but it's someone worth noting. So up here at the top, we have Chris Godwin is my highest rated, um, coming in at 5,900, which I think is an incredible price for Godwin. He plays in the slot. They're playing Chicago. He should just eat underneath against mm-hmm. the Bears' defense. Um, and coming in under 6K, that's just an incredible price for any of the Tampa Bay pass catchers. Uh, Rondell Moore, like I mentioned, 4,400. Arizona did get Zach Ertz. He'll be playing this week. Um, I kind of was expecting Rondell Moore's usage to tick up after Max Williams' injury. But now that they've traded for another pass-catching tight end, I don't really know what to think there. Maybe it'll take a while for Ertz to get integrated into the offense. But Max Williams was getting 7 to 10 targets a game. And Rondale Moore has been used more as an underneath kind of yards-after-catch guy. So we'll just have to see. He's a tough play. I looked on lineups the other week to see snap counts, and he's still the fourth-highest snap count out of their receiving core with DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, and A.J. Green. So it's hard. I mean, he's he's a boom or bust sort of guy, but mm-hmm. he's got a lot of boom. I mean, if he gets an open space, half the time he's probably taking it to the house. Yeah, he's extremely dynamic, and he doesn't play on the outside. So it's one of those guys. He's kind of a Debo Samuel type of player. Mm-hmm. It's a guy that they're going to run shallow crosses to, get spot passes to. They're just going to have him run quick little routes, get the ball in his hands, and let him make plays. So at any point he's capable of busting off an 80 yard touchdown i mean the dude's electric but you just can't count on the usage let's keep going down here we got brandon cooks next coming in right at 6k they're playing at arizona so based on the rating i mean the the models are telling me that this would be a good little like correlation Mm -hmm. i don't know if i want to play kyler murray just because like jake mentioned they have four pass catchers and now they're bringing Ertz into the mix you have connor and edmonds that are fair priced but you could play a Rondale Moore, Brandon Cook secondary correlation if you don't want to touch the quarterbacks or any other pieces, and you're getting two players in your lineup for just barely over 10K. So that's a cheap little stack. Then coming down, this is what really surprised me. The New England Patriots receivers were kind of popping in the model. Got Nelson Aguilar here as the fourth highest rated in the model, and Jacoby Myers isn't much further down either. Aguilar's coming in at 3,700, and Myers is at 5,300. So I think that the price is probably factoring into that quite a bit. And then we're down to Calvin Ridley, who Jake was really high on this week. Marquise Brown, who I'm just I'm waiting for him to have his game. He's got the talent. The the Ravens don't really have much after him. Bateman was starting to get into the mix a little bit last week, but I think Marquise Brown is the alpha over there. And his ownership looking at that, man, super low. Mike, he would be a phenomenal leverage guy right now. Coming in at four percent ownership, yep, and fifty eight hundred dollars. 
So it's like I said last week, I was going to play him in every lineup, and I, I think I did, or damn close, and he let me down, but I would just hate to be on him all year, and then the week I get off of him, he goes off. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you watch the tape and you look at the numbers, it's there. He just needs to come down with a few more balls, and he's an NFL-caliber talent. He can do it. He can catch a football. You don't get to the NFL if you can't catch footballs. <laughs> what a lot of people can't do in the NFL is separate from NFL-caliber defenders, and Marquise Brown can do that. So I like him a lot. Keep moving down here. Tyreek Hill, DJ Moore, Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup. I mean, those are the studs. Those are four of the highest priced receivers. Those are guys that if you can get them in your cash lineup, do it. Because their floors are so high, you're always going to have a shot with them. And then we're coming down here. Van Jefferson, um, $3,500. They're playing Detroit. So I kind of understand why he's popping in the rating. That's someone I, I would only consider playing in a stack with either Cup, Woods, Higby, and then Stafford, probably bringing it back with DeAndre Swift or Hawkinson. Keep coming down. Sterling Shepard, $5,600. I believe Ingram's... I think Tony's out. Slayton might be back. Slayton's back, I believe. Saquon's obviously out, and I'm just not worried about Evan Ingram at all. So, I do like Sterling Shepard. I think he'll get a lot of... A lot of volume. Mm-hmm. Even when Slayton was healthy, Shepard was still the number one and getting double-digit targets most weeks. Yeah. Now, I'm looking over here. It is a low total, 42.5 point over under, but the spread is close, 1.5 points. And I think both of these teams are capable of playing in a shootout. Mm-hmm. So, we'll see. It's I don't think either of these teams are very good, but I don't... I don't think their defenses are good either. So it, it could end up being a higher scoring game than the 42 and a half. It's not a game I'm necessarily targeting, but at that price and with just the player's talent, I'm not afraid of him. Keep coming down. T Higgins actually went down from 5,300 to 4,900 this week. They are playing at Baltimore. I have a feeling that's probably why, but if we played him last week at 5,300, I feel like we got to consider him this week at 4,900. Without a doubt. And I want to say, so I was looking at matchups earlier this week mm-hmm. and I can't remember who's lined up on him, but I remember he had a favorable matchup. I think his matchup was the most in favor out of all their receivers for the Bengals between Boyd and Chase and Higgins. And that's a game, you know, it's a division rivalry, 45.5 point over under, 6.5 point spread. But if Baltimore, I mean, if, sorry, if the Bengals can keep up with Baltimore, it's another one of those games that could push higher than the over under. So it just depends how the game's going to play out. If you uh, think that it could turn into a shootout and you want to play some of those pieces, T. Higgins at 4,900 is a good play. And then we're back down to Jacoby Myers. You got Hunter Renfro at 4,800. I just don't think Hunter Renfro has the ceiling to get you there in a tournament. Uh, Mike Evans, 6,500. Like we mentioned earlier, any of these Tampa Bay receivers are good plays against Chicago. Now, I would personally go with Godwin at 5,900 over Evans at 6,500. And especially you come over here and look at ownership. Mike Evans is still 15% owned. Now, Godwin's 24, but I'm kind of surprised. I thought that Godwin... I'm not surprised by his 24, but I thought Evans would be lower. Since his is at 15, it, it kind of almost makes me prefer Godwin since there's not that big of a difference. And then we're down here. You have the Kansas City receivers, Robinson and Hardman. I wouldn't play either one of them unless I'm playing with Mahomes. And even then, I mean, I don't know who you pick. seems like each week they just take turns. Hardman seems to be the direct backup to Tyreek Hill. And Tyreek Hill was dealing with injuries last week. He was in and out. When he was out, Hardman was on the field. When he was in, Hardman was off the field. So, I don't know. I mean, Hill has a cue over here by his name. If he's going to be limited, Hardman might get some of those looks. But I don't know if you can trust either one of them in a vacuum. When you look over here, Hardman has a 16% projected ownership. 
that just might be kind of honestly in tournaments that might be a game I fade. Mm-hmm. Like we were talking about how popular Kansas City Tennessee is going to be. I don't want to fade it, I guess, because the total is the highest on the slate, but I'm definitely going to do some one-offs with it. Yeah, well, it reminds me of that Cowboys-Chargers game a few weeks ago. That was the game of the week. Everyone was high on it. Everybody was playing players from both teams. Herbert stacks, Dak stacks. And I faded both, and I ended up winning quite a bit of money that week Mm -hmm. because the probability of that game shooting out was high. Those are two high-powered offenses. But I'm looking at the ownership for the players in that game, and I'm thinking to myself, if this game doesn't shoot out, then I can create a ton of leverage. I ended up playing Tom Brady stacks, which Tom Brady went off. He goes off every week. So it isn't even that I had to make a bad play. I didn't have to take a bad play to gain leverage. I played Tom Brady. This was when Gronk was healthy. I believe it was the Buccaneers-Falcons week. So I played Mm -hmm. Gronk, Brady. I forget if it was Evans or Godwin. And I ran it back with Calvin Ridley, and I did fine. I I believe the Millie Maker winning lineup that week played that same double stack. They obviously had different pieces than I had, or I... Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know if I'd be on a podcast right now. Mike Evans and Antonio Brown, if it was that week, or yeah, if it was the Gronk. Yep. I think the week before that was Gronk and Mike Evans. So. But I'm, I'm kind of getting similar feelings. There's a lot of buys this week, so we have kind of a limited limited teams to choose from, limited games. Yeah. And I just think that the ownership is going to condense on this Kansas City-Tennessee game to the point that you could just create a ton of leverage. I might just go back to Tampa Bay again. I might just play a Tampa Bay stack. Maybe I run it back with Cole Komet, a 3K you know, punt tight end or something like that. Um, I kind of like the LA-Detroit one as well. Now, I'm seeing Cooper Cup's coming in at 22% ownership. Van Jefferson, 7. Robert Woods is down here at 9. So those players are a little highly owned too. Maybe that's not one I go to. I did like what Jake was saying about Green Bay. It's just easy players to pick. And if the total's that, not bad. It's at 48. So it's yeah. fairly high. Green Bay can get you there, and you can you have options to bring it back for Washington. I mean, we got we haven't got to him yet, but Terry McLaurin, Scary Terry, mm-hmm. we could consider him. And then we also went through those running backs. You got McKissick and Gibson to run it back with as well. So yeah, I I like that Green Bay Washington game. If you're gonna fade some of these higher total ones, absolutely. And I guess just kind of a final game that I like here is the Atlanta Miami game. And again, it's not good teams, but that's fine. We just need a shootout. To do well in DFS. And I'm looking over here. 47 and a half point over under. You have Calvin Ridley. The cheapest he might ever be. Mm-hmm. 6,600. Um, Matt Ryan I believe was 5,700. Yep. And then you have Mike Davis at 5,200. Everybody else is going to be playing Cordero Patterson. You could play Kyle Pitts as your tight end. In the double stack. Or you could bring it back with Gusecki as your tight end. He's essentially their ex receiver. Mm-hmm. He's run I think five times more routes as a receiver. Than tight end this year. Or you could play Waddle. Waddle's up in price down here at 5600 But, I mean, the dude's a playmaker. He's a top 10 draft pick. He's only going to improve with the more reps he gets. You know, yeah. and we're, we're a third of the way through the season now. This is kind of the point where rookies kind of start to take off if they're going to. And then you just need to check, too. I'm not sure what their injury situation's like with Devontae Parker and Preston Williams now. Mm-hmm. I think they're back this week. So that's one thing to check on, too, to see... You know, Waddle could end up being an even better play because maybe no one will be on him. Or you could look at the other two guys and consider them. Devontae Parker, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd consider Preston Williams at all, but Devontae Parker definitely could be a play as well. Yeah, he is kind of the alpha in that offense. Mm-hmm. Waddle plays the slot. Gusecki's the X, or, or not X, but inline tight end. And he's kind of been playing that X role with Parker out. But yeah, like Jake said, if Parker's back, 
depending on his price, he might be worth a play. And, you know, we can look at his price right here. Let's take a look. Devontae Parker, 5K. 5K, that's it. He has the Q next to his name. Let's see what's going on with him. Let's come over here to news. Um, undisclosed, questionable this week. So I'm not really sure what's going on with him. But that is an extremely affordable price for a receiver with the upside that he has. It's a great call. So those are some of the other games that we like. Uh, let's keep this moving here. I'm not really seeing a whole lot down here. You know, we're getting into the bargain bin. Here's Julio, like Jake mentioned. If A.J. Brown's limited... He's coming in at 2.9%, so that's someone you could consider, especially to gain leverage in that Tennessee-Kansas City game. Rashad Bateman, 3,400. I think he's only going to become... Oh, the whole he, field's playing. I'm like, ownership right there is at 18. 18%, yeah, so I'm not the only one, but I think he's only going to... His price is only going to go up from here on out. Um, up here, Amon St. Brown, I like him too. His ownership's at 8.6. So... He's a rookie wide receiver playing for Detroit, and every week his targets have gone up and up and up. They're playing L.A. If they're playing from behind in this 51-point over-under, then he could certainly get there at a 4,100 salary. So I really like him, especially if his ownership stays under 10,000, 10%. Keep scrolling down. Really, no one's jumping out at me here. Is there anyone you see, or are you ready to move on? Nah, we can go to tight ends here. Yeah. All right. I've heard some of the analysts talk about Nico Collins. Um, not popping in the rating, but he's coming in at 3,200. Less than 1% ownership. They're playing at Arizona. So Nico Collins is another rookie wide receiver who looked great in the preseason. Seemed like he had established himself as the number two opposite of Brandon Cooks. And then he went on the IR with an injury. He came back last week. He was on the field quite a bit. I think he had six targets or so. So it's someone $3,200 under 1% ownership. Arizona, you expect a shootout there. You could play him. I'm actually surprised his ownership isn't higher than that. So Nico Collins will probably be in my player pool, especially for large field tournaments. Let's jump over here to tight end, finish things up. You got the usual guys at the top here, Kelsey, Waller, um, Goddard popping now with Ertz gone, coming in at 4,600. Johnny Smith, he's more of a fullback, more of an H-back in my opinion. I don't think he really has the upside to get there. I guess the reason he's so high in the ratings is he's coming in at 2,800, and he's under 3% ownership. Hayden Hurst, 2,700. Hayden Hurst really is the tight end for Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Kyle Pitts is playing more of a receiver role. He's playing a slot receiver role. So I know that he has the tight end eligibility. You know, obviously, if you get to pick one or the other, you're going to play Kyle Pitts. But you could play both. You could play Hayden Hurst, Kyle Pitts, Calvin Ridley, Matt Ryan, he's your quarterback, and they could all get there at the price points that they're at this week. So that'd be a way to get really unique. Not yeah, that I'd recommend it, but super unique. You can do it. Coming down here, Tunyon hasn't shown it yet. With MVS coming back, I'd probably fade him at 3,500. Cole Komet, 3K. Like I mentioned earlier, I think he'd be a, a nice little play in a Tampa Bay stack. He is coming in at 8% ownership. So as volatile as tight end is, I don't think I would play him as a one-off. But in a stack, I do like that price and that matchup there. Keep coming down. Hawkinson, if they get into a shootout with L.A., he's a pass-catching tight end. I mean, that's what you look for when you're playing a tight end, and he's at mm -hmm. 5,100. Hunter Henry, now he is the pass-catching tight end for New England. He's coming in at $4,100, but I think that he's a play. His ownership only 3.8, playing against the Jets. Let's see over here what their implied team total is. So 33.5, or yeah, I'm off on 25, sorry, 25 points, yep. And that's something, too. You look at these over-runners, 43 doesn't seem like much at all. It's not much at all. No. But 
when they're seven point favorites, I mean, they're going to get there, right? New England's projected 25 points. Well, if the team they're playing was projected 25 points, you're looking at a 50 point over under. Mm-hmm. So that's something to consider too. New England is projected to score a decent amount of points. So Hunter Henry coming in at 4,100 is a, a pretty decent tight end play, especially when he's here at 3.8% ownership. Berkser, surprised he's not higher ownership because he's in that 10, Tennessee-Kansas City game. $3,100. I mean, if his ownership doesn't go up much higher, I might play him as a one-off even. Mm-hmm. And then below there, um, not really feeling Kyle Rudolph or Mercedes Lewis. Mark Andrews is always a play just because of his ceiling. And then it really drops off, in my opinion. You come down here, you have Higby, Gusecki, and Seals. Gusecki's coming in at 13% projected ownership. Ricky Seals-Jones at 14%. So unless I'm running game stacks, or if these are just going to be cash plays, I don't think I'd play them as one-offs. Higby's interesting, 4,500, 3.6 projected ownership. He's on the field every play. And I forget the name of the tight end who was backing him up, who has been uses more of a blocking tight end. He's done for the year. He went on IR. So Higby was already playing almost every snap. He has no competition behind him anymore. So I do think he's one of those players, too, where he's going to have a couple blow-up games throughout the year. What sucks is he's coming in at $4,500, and you have to pick which week that's going to be. But in that L.A.-Detroit game, if I'm running stacks, I'm definitely going to consider him. Keep coming down. You got Ertz. um, $3,900 will be his first game with Arizona. I've really seen much else. Jake, you got anything? No, not really. I think Ryan Griffin I heard. I mean, he's with the Jets, so, so it's hard to want to pick him, especially when their implied total is only 18. Yep. But I want to say whoever, I don't know, is co-tight end, or, but he went down, so now Griffin's like basically the same scenario you were just saying at Higby. He's like the outright starter now for the Jets at tight end, and then yep. coming at 2500 that is super, super cheap. Yeah, and we love punting tight ends. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you can play a tight end who's going to be on the field 100% of the time, and you can get him for the min salary of 2500 I mean, he's worth consideration. All right, I think that does it for the models. All right, now we're going to hop in here. We're going to build our cash lineup that we'll throw in the $25 massive double up tomorrow. Cha-ching. And then tomorrow night after the games, we'll stop and review it. So let's take a look here. Jake, start us off with the first pick here. We're starting over here at quarterback. Got it sorted by rating. Let me know what you're thinking. You're going to make me pick QB? I already know who you're going to pick. Should I just lock him in? Jalen Hurts? Yeah, do it. The cheat code. You already know. A sub 7K quarterback playing in a shootout in Las Vegas. The guy's got the rushing floor, and he can go nuclear at any point. I think that's a great cash play there. I'll be rocking his jersey tomorrow. I can tell you that much. There you go. And I think this is what we did last time and worked out pretty well. Let's sort by projected ownership. So I got the next pick here. Actually, let's just punt defense quick. So we're going to come over here. Let's sort by rating instead of ownership and let's get a sub let's go with baltimore what do you say sub 3k sub 10 percent ownership highest rated playing cincinnati cincinnati's offensive line is terrible joe burrow i love him but he is a little turnover prone i mean if baltimore gets a couple strip sacks or an interception and any of them you know turn into a touchdown no i like it i'm all for it that could be it yep get him and also, you know, we look here, the next highest rated are coming in at 3,400, 3,500. And then you got the Eagles defense, which I don't hate them at 2,300 and 5%. And then we're down Arizona 31 per, or 34% ownership, 3,100. 
I'd be good with Baltimore or Philly. Philly would save us a little money. What are you thinking? I'll let you be the tiebreaker. Let's go Baltimore. Let's do it. Let's lock them in. We can always come back if we need a little cash. We can come back and swap it out for Philly. All right. Now it's my pick. Let's come over here. Projected ownership for running backs. Terrell Henderson, Chuba Hubbard, Leonard Fournette, Daryl Williams, DeAndre Swift, Derrick Henry, Miles Sanders, all here above 15% ownership. Um, I think I'm going to go with Daryl Williams. $5,800. Kansas City running back. They're playing at Tennessee. I just think with that high over-under, he could find himself in the end zone, and he's going to get double-digit touches. That's what I'm looking for in a cash running back. Guy playing on a high-powered offense, he's going to get double-digit touches. Jake, you're up. The other guy that I like, I love his matchup, and he gets all the touches since the number one guy for them, McCaffrey, is out. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with uh, Chuba. Love it. Coming in at 6,100. That's that range that we really like for the cash running backs. I mean, if you can go cheaper, obviously take it. But that right around 6K, that's a good range. It still allows you to get up. We may be able to jam Derrick Henry into the flex. We'll just have to see how receivers and tight end shake out. Um, or you can always go down. We have Miles Sanders at 5,100. Keep coming down. Um, where's Mike Davis? 5,200 here. Um, so we have options. But I'm going to take a look here at receiver and see what we got. I mean, this is automatic for me. Chris Godwin, he's a slot receiver for the Buccaneers playing Chicago. I mean, he should get double-digit targets, in my opinion, and a few of them might even be touchdowns. He's also coming in at 24% ownership, so I guess we'll be on him just like a quarter of the field. The guy I've been high on all week, Calvin Ridley. Mm -hmm. That's who I would love to smash in there as well. Really good price, like you had mentioned earlier. Probably the cheapest he'll be the rest of the season. I think so, yep. All right, I'm going to come over and take a look at tight end, and that'll kind of help dictate what we're going to do for our third wide receiver and flex. Um, so over here, you got Kelsey coming in at 15%, Ricky Seals-Jones at 14 Gusecki, Goddard, Waller. Just based on price here, I'm going to go with Ricky Seals-Jones, and I think that's who we played last week as well. Mm -hmm. He's coming in at 3700 These other guys, Kelsey's at 7600 Gusecki's at 4700 Goddard at 46 Waller. 67 and then we're all the way down to Cole Komet at 3,000. Well, for 700 more than Komet, I'm gonna get Ricky Seals Jones in there and a guy that gets targets mm -hmm. on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's essentially just taking the Logan Thomas role. Mm -hmm. They don't have anyone else, they got Scary Terry and Ricky Seals Jones. So we still have 6,000 per player remaining, and we could always revisit Baltimore if we want to get up to was it $600 if we go down to Philly? Right. Yeah, so. Let's come back over here to receiver and see if anybody jumps out at us. Cooper Cup's pretty heavily owned. Devontae Adams. You know, cash, though, I, I don't know if I want to go those high for those guys because if they don't return value, I'm going to be kicking myself for not playing Derrick Henry. Mm -hmm. We could play Derrick Henry for 92 and then get the receiver down. I don't think I'd play Bateman, but we could keep coming down here. Is there anybody? Brandon Cooks at 6K. Um... Jacoby Myers, 5,300. T. Higgins, 4,900. A cheaper end guy there. I do like Sterling Shepard. Mm, mm -hmm. He's in a good range there, 5,600. Mm -hmm. And with Tony out, he's just fighting for targets, really, with Slayton. But he's already established he's the number one over Slayton, even when they do play. 
Now Carolina did get who what New England dropped their cornerback. Who was that? I can't believe I'm blanking. Gilmore. Here. Yeah, Stephon Gilmore. Right. Is he gonna be back and is he gonna be shadowing Shepard? I don't know. That's true. I totally forgot about that. But I don't know. I mean Gilmore he got cut for a reason, I'm sure. And Shepard's talented, he's cheap. He could be a nice little leverage play here in our cash lineup, you know, nine percent. Mm-hmm. Let's plug him in and see what see how it looks. So we got sixty five hundred left for the flex. Let's come over here to flex. Sort by rating here. And let's just see what we got. So I don't think we can get up to Derrick Henry. If we swapped out our defense, we could get Darrell Henderson. Um, we could jam Cordell Patterson in, but neither of us really like him. Yeah, I'm not high on him. Trying to see. We already got Chuba locked in. We could do Josh Jacobs, DeAndre Swift. That 6,500 is kind of a weird range there. What are your thoughts? You want to adjust it by salary? Let's do that. That's a good call. So here's 65. We got Evans, Mixon, Fournette. Fournette would be a good one. He would be a good move. Yeah. Because I think they'll go up big on Chicago. So he'll end up getting more and more carries. And he's already been heavily targeted as of late in the passing game for him. I love him, yeah. I don't. Let's lock him in. I don't normally play two players from the same team in a cash lineup, but I think that Fournette and Godwin's value is just too good not to. One so. thing we could even do is look and let's see if they correlate real mm. quick, maybe. We can show the people that feature as well. That's a great idea. Yep. So we can come over here and look at the correlation. So come over here. Godwin and Fournette are actually negatively correlated. So if they are one, that would be 100% correlation. If they are minus one, that'd be negative 100% correlation. Um, anything really in, in like the 20 to minus or 0.2 to minus 0.2 range doesn't really scare me off. Um, Godwin coming in at minus 0.58, that is pretty negatively correlated. They've played 20 games together. But you look over here, I mean, his average points, 15.9 in games they played together. If he gets his 15.9, he returns value. I'm okay with it. Um, let's reverse it here. We'll click on Godwin and we'll see. And Fournette, 17 points, his average points. Which it's not bad. Like, no, it's great. They're returning value there for a cash game. So, What we could do, I guess, while we have this up, we could switch our defense out to Philadelphia like we had mentioned. Let's get it sorted by rating. Lock Philadelphia in. That gives us 7,100. Let's come over to the flex spot. Sorted by salary. And now we can get all the way up to DJ Moore, McLaurin, Waller, Ridley, Darrell Henderson. I really like playing running backs in the flex because they have that high floor with the rushing touches. Mm-hmm. So I think Darrell Henderson, he's coming in at almost 30% ownership. You know, the field's going to be heavy on him. And that's fine in a cash lineup. Mm-hmm. So should we lock him in? Yeah, I'd say let's go with Henderson, and then we even have... We still have $500 left over, so maybe we come up here and revisit Daryl Williams. This could get us up to a $6,300 running back. I don't know. No? I'm not really wanting to move. If I were, I'm like, DeAndre Swift, I think, would be the guy I'd want to mm-hmm. go with. So if we... 
It's what Swift in, and it's called a lineup. So we still have $300 left over, but that's fine. Anything more than $300, I'd probably be looking at different positions here. So this is what we're going to run. Quarterback, we got Jalen Hurts, running backs, DeAndre Swift, Chuba Hubbard, followed by Chris Godwin, Calvin Ridley, Sterling Shepard, Ricky Seals-Jones at tight end, Darrell Henderson as our flex, and the Eagles defense. We will be submitting this in the massive $25 double of tomorrow. We'll review it tomorrow night. I'm also going to be running a lineup in the SPY, 4,444 entries, 100,000 to first place. We'll take a look at how I do there, review that lineup, review some of the top five, and then we'll take a look at the Millie Maker winning lineup and the top five millimaker winning lineups as well. That's all I got for today. You got anything? No. That was a great, great time there, going through the mix with y'all. Appreciate right. you joining us. That's right. All right. Well, everybody, good luck tomorrow on the main slate. Tune in tomorrow night. Episode will probably be out around 8 or 9 p.m. Central Time. We'll see you then. Thanks for hanging out with the bros.